today we are going to be studying a passage of scripture and more so we're going to be looking at different passages and stories in the Bible that are going to help you and I in understanding how to receive wise counsel from the Lord. Every day, you and I make decisions. Every day, you and I have to decide on whether, whether or not we are doing the will of God. You and I have to make decisions about what God wants for your life, for my life, for our families, for our church, so on and so forth. But sometimes it's difficult to find people that we can rely on that will give you good counsel, wise counsel. How many of you have ever asked the question, how do we discern the difference between wise counsel and unwise counsel? I think this is something that we all would benefit from in studying the word of God and trusting in God's word to guide us, to direct us in the decisions and the questions of life that we have because we're all seeking answers from the Lord. But sometimes we get impatient, don't we? Sometimes we find it very difficult to wait on God. And we want answers now. We want a decision to be made today. Or we would like to make a decision that seems right to us, but maybe that's not what God wants for our lives. Sometimes we're tempted to seek people out that will give us the kind of answers that you want to hear. It makes us feel better about that thing that we're wrestling with or going through. If I could just find a couple of people that would, would co-sign or sign on with what I want to do, it would make all the difference. But God wants to caution us to trust in Him, to rely on Him, to wait on him. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. In the Proverbs chapter 3, King Solomon gives us sound, godly advice when he says, in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I want my paths to be directed by God. I would love for godly wisdom and counsel from people that are seeking God and are pulling from scripture, that are going to the Lord, that have an evident prayer life, whereas seeking counsel from someone who has an absent prayer life may lead us astray. Maybe prayer life is absent from our own lives, and maybe that's why we are seeking counsel from a million different places and not trusting in God. Today, I pray the word of God blesses your heart. I, I pray that the word of God will give you direction. 
in a year where we seek all things to become new, I pray that God gives you some fresh spiritual tactics and strategies that will direct your path, that will guide you into what God has for your life. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So, how do you detect wise counsel from unwise counsel? How do you know the difference? How do we know the difference? Is the question that I want us to ask today. For example, I want change in my marriage, but I know it requires hard questions, hard work, and honest biblical answers. And there are no shortcuts or easy ways around the problem that we face. Otherwise, things will remain the same and stay stuck in the old or in the past. Or how about this? I need to make a decision that will impact my life, my present, and my future. And I want to seek wise and godly counsel from the right people. Well, God wants to make sure that you have a, a sort of litmus test that can help you and guide you to the kind of people that also rely and trust in God and not in themselves, not on their own wisdom or their experiences. Sometimes we're also, we also have leanings towards our emotions. We make emotional decisions thinking that God is involved in the emotional decision, whereas we need to check that up against the Word of God because the Word of God never fails. The Bible may remind us that the heart is wicked above all things. We can't trust our immediate emotion or thought. We may get wrapped up or consumed by the hurt that we just experienced do something rash, or do something that we're going to regret, thinking that we are justified in our actions and that God is with me in this decision. Check it against the Word of God and see to it that the Word of God guides you, that the Word of God guides us. And it's also a caution for each and every one of us that we aren't giving counsel that is disconnected from the Bible. That if we're giving counsel and prayer life is, is not evident, that if we're giving counsel and we're not referencing Jesus, we're not referencing Scripture, we're not referencing God, we have to be reminded that we too must come from a godly place, a godly point of view, because you will not, Go wrong when you place God at the center of every decision, every conversation that you may have. Amen? Amen. In the Bible, we see several examples of men or women that sought counsel in the wrong places or for the wrong reasons. 
Take, for example, King Solomon. Excuse me, King Saul. King Saul was the first king of Israel. And King Saul was at a point in his leadership where he wanted to go into battle. But he wanted to know whether or not the Israelites were going to have success in battle. Sometimes you and I want to know the outcome before we make a decision. And we like to call that an educated decision. But sometimes it demonstrates a lack of faith. Sometimes it demonstrates our inability to trust God because we want to control everything. We can be very confused very easily in wanting to seek an answer before we actually take the next step of faith. Because that next step of faith in your life is an important step. And we understand you want to know as much as you can about the situation. But take it from Abraham. When God called him out of his land and from his people and away from his fathers and said, I am now taking you unto a place, Genesis chapter 12 says, that I will show you. And Abraham, the father of faith, said, oh, yeah? Where is that place? And God said, I will show you. <laughs> I'll show you. Abraham wanted to know it all. He wanted all the answers to the test before he took it because he wanted a good outcome. And God knows that each and every one of us desire a good outcome in every decision. But life is not like that. We must learn to trust. And trust is a faith muscle that God wants to build in your life. God wants to strengthen your faith, strengthen your trust, and strengthen your wisdom in knowing who to go to, where to go to, and how to go to God for direction and guidance. Amen? Well, King Saul wanted to know whether or not to go into battle and whether or not he would have success. So he went to God. And he didn't get the answer right away. So he decided that he wanted to conjure up the spirit of Samuel, the prophet who had already passed on. So guess what King Saul did? He sought out a spiritual medium. Now, most of us around the time of Halloween, that's when people start talking about witches and Warlocks and all those kinds of spiritual things. But there's a witch mentioned in the Bible. It's the witch of Endor. And Endor was in Galilee. So Saul sought out a spiritual medium, this witch, to seek an answer from the prophet Samuel who had already passed away. Now, do you guys think that that is good or bad? You don't have the answer, but we all pretty much know. He was trying to force the hand of God. And so he did seek out the witch of Endor, and, he's, and he disguised himself. He covered his face with a hood, and he came into a place incognito. He didn't want anybody to see that it was him that was going to see the spiritual medium. Some of us go to tarot reading or, or palm readers or we go to the back of the newspaper and we read the horoscopes those are not godly places to go those are not places that we should even be messing with or interweaving with your faith that should be rooted in the word of God 
do not enmesh or entangle yourself or ourselves. Let us not allow ourselves to be mixed in with the ways of the world. King Saul sought out the witch of Endor, and he says, I want to conjure up the spirit of Samuel. Sure enough, he con- the, the, the witch of Endor conjured up through black magic the spirit of Samuel. And Saul did not receive the results that he was looking for in that meeting. It's an example. And I share a brief example of places or things or ways for us not to go or ways that we should not handle decisions, situations, circumstances in our lives. Be patient. Learn to trust in God. Learn to seek godly counsel and wisdom in every situation. Amen? Amen. You can find that passage in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 3 and following, where you can read about King Saul and the witch of Endor. I hope you can learn more about that story later. I don't have time to go more in-depth because I want to share from other instances of men or women that sought out, whether good or bad, places in their own lives. Hallelujah. When we don't hear from God in the time frame that we desire, we tend to get ahead of God. How many of us recall the story of Abraham when God told him he was going to have a child? He says, and your, your seed shall be blessed. That was the covenant and the blessing that God established with Abraham. His physical, material problem was that, his natural problem was that he was 99 years old and his wife was 90. And he did not see a way for himself or his wife Sarah to have a child in their old age. So instead of waiting on God, Abraham decided to get ahead of God. And he had a child with Sarah's maidservant, Hagar. And Hagar bore Abraham a child. His name was Ishmael. And Ishmael was legitimate son of Abraham, though he was not the son of the promise. Can I hear an amen? Sometimes we bring our own will into God's will, and then we have to rely on God to clean up the mess that we have made. And can I say something? God is good and he is faithful and he is not one who comes to squash you, to terrorize you, to oppress you. God will even make our crooked paths straight. God is a faithful God. He will take our mistakes. He will take our inclinations, he will take our decisions, our poor judgment, and he can turn all of that into good. He can take our mistakes and turn them into a message. He can take your test and turn it into a testimony. None of us are perfect, and we've all failed God, and we will all continue to fail God. But thank the Lord that we trust in him. Thank God that he has the answers that we don't have. Thank God that things all don't depend on me. 
Because if everything depended on me, I would be lost. And that's when God brings me back to his word. Can I hear an amen? Praise the Lord. Oftentimes, many kings in the Bible would seek methods of finding out their desired income, uh, outcome. But in doing so, God would have to chastise them through a prophet or through another external character or person in the Bible to remind them. And God will do that to you as well. God is faithful and he is a merciful God. He will show mercy unto us even when we get outside of God's will so that we can come back to God's will. Let's pray that we are quick to rebuke our own selves. Let's pray that we are quick to get back on track. Let's pray that we are quick to let go of, of, of that impulsive desire, our human nature, to want to know now, to want to know an answer now, or to want to hear the very thing that you desire. And let's trust God with the answer to whatever it is we're going through. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's other moments in our lives when we're not hearing from God. Maybe we're not even in the Bible like we should be reading the Bible. And maybe we're seeking the wrong person for counsel. You know what happens then? We go back and revert to our old ways of life. We go back to our old ways of knowing, our old ways of living. We go back to the convenient ways, the comfortable, the easier ways, instead of waiting on the Lord. Because God desires to teach you a new way. In these last few weeks, we've been talking about all things new in 2022. That's our theme for the year, all things new. Well, God wants to teach us new ways of living, new ways of trusting, new ways of growing in our faith. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I'd like to go over 10 ways for us to discern and detect wise counsel from unwise counsel. If you find yourself having conversations with people or you are seeking someone's counsel, and you are listening intently, and you don't detect any mention in the Bible or mention of the Bible, or you yourself find yourself talking but not going to the Word of God for answers or for situations, for circumstances, or for similarities, or for good doctrine, or for good theology, that is one way. It's all talk and no mention of the Bible. Beware. Let's be cautious. I pray that the word of God today encourages and helps us all. Because this also is a great reminder to my heart as well as it is for each and every one of us. Point number two and how we might detect wise counsel from unwise counsel is all talk and no traces of a prayer life. If someone's talk seems right, it even seems godly, but there's no evidences of 
a life that is bathed in prayer. There's no evidence of a humility before God. Maybe we detect arrogance. Maybe we detect a, a brash sense of, of entitlement or something that triggers us in our spirit. It's a good way for us to put things on pause. It's a good way for us to listen and to discern whether or not that is someone or whether that is us that we need to continue. So God wants to caution us. That's number two. Number three. Maybe when we hear or listen to outright blatant talk about not needing to seek the Lord or the Bible. For example, you don't even need to pray about it or seek the word of God about it. That's just common sense. When we start hearing things like that, or even if we start to say things like that or to think things like that, God wants to caution us. Tread lightly. Maybe we need to take a moment. Ask God for forgiveness if that's us, and we need to get back right with God. Amen? Amen. Go to God for everything. Everything. Go to God about that issue with your son, not just somebody who had a son who may give you good advice. That person may give you good advice, but maybe that advice is not the advice that you need for your son that God can give you through a godly source. Amen? Amen. That is not to say we should not seek others who have children or sons that have gone through the same situation. By all means, seek those people out because God says there's, in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. That's from the Bible. In the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. And it's your job to discern the counsel of God through the very many sources that the Lord gives us access to. God simply wants us to use discernment and not to seek counsel blindly, not to seek counsel with the kind of ears that are not listening intently or spiritually to the Lord. Can I hear an amen? And we've all found ourselves in those situations, allowing ourselves to drift down rabbit holes or, or, or trails where we say, oh, that is not of the Lord. I need to backpedal. I need to back up out of that situation. Lord Jesus, I need to tread lightly and be careful. This word is for us all today. And this word is simply a reminder to us on how we should seek the Lord and find guidance and direction from the Lord. Other ways that you can detect wise counsel or from unwise counsel. Number four, they suggest actions that did not come from God and are contrary to the spirit of Christ. If somebody is saying something that is just flat out unbiblical or ungodly or unwise, then we have to make a mental note that that may not be a well or a source that we should go to in the future and allow God to give you that discernment. Amen? Amen. It's not to say we should lose friends, but it's to say we should remain in prayer and trust in God. Because that may have been us at one point or another. Praise the Lord. Number five, folks will expose their heart, and you will see 
a sense or a critical spirit towards other Christians or other faith leaders. If you are around somebody that is constantly talking negatively or tearing people down or trying to poke holes in, in folks who are defenseless, it's probably a critical spirit that you don't want your life to be connected to spiritually. That critical spirit can, in fact, affect you. Even if it's a pastor, even if it's me, we're all human. That's why we all have to have a prayer life. That's why we all have to be in the Bible. That's why we all have to go to God, to trust God, to lead us and direct us and guide us into doing and saying the right things. Amen? Hallelujah. Be like the Berean Christians. Whenever they sought an answer, you can study the Bereans in the book of Acts. Whenever they sought an answer or received something from the Bible, if they received a word from somebody preaching or teaching, instead of believing it at face value, what they would do is they would go back to the word of God, they would check it against the word of God and see to it if it was the spirit who is in agreement with what is being said or done. Be like a Berean Christian. Amen? Praise God. And you'll find that these things will help you grow in your faith. They'll help you grow from a young Christian to a mature Christian. They'll help you grow into the kind of person that people would want to come and seek for godly wisdom and counsel. I know I don't want to be the kind of person that people avoid. I also don't want to be the kind of person that creates a, a dependency upon myself because of the words that I think that I have or the words that I think that I can give. Amen? We serve Jesus. We are like a lighthouse, like the lighthouse in Long Beach, there in the marina. The beautiful, tall, white lighthouse that changes with glowing lights at night that allows ships and boats from afar to know what is in their horizon. We as lighthouses should be pointing people to who? Jesus. Come on, church, if we're going to clap, we, we, need, we can do better than that. We should be directing and being a reference to Jesus, to God. Number six, with regard to unwise counsel, the listener or the person seeking counsel may pick up or discern that the unwise counselor may be attempting to seek personal gain for themselves or selfish reasons. These kind of people may want to control you because you're coming to them. They may think they have the upper hand. Be weary of such folks that may be offering unwise counsel. They'll say things like this. This is what I would do. This is the wisest decision. But how many of us know that a wise counselor will simply give you the biblical, godly advice and let you choose and discern what is the voice of God saying and speaking to your life? So it is a process of trusting and working with godly people who are also seeking the Lord in the same way. Amen? Number seven, let's be careful with people who point us to things that have nothing to do with the word or the will of God. Amen? Let's be cautious. 
let's run the litmus test of faith through the Word of God. We as Christians must depend on the Word of God. We must run to the Word of God because the Word of God is our refuge. The Word of God is our safe place. And the more and more you and I can reference the Word of God, the more and more our lives will reflect. Our lives would demonstrate a Christian life and the fact that you and I serve a great and wonderful God. Amen? Amen. Number eight, beware of people who will simply tell you what you want to hear. That's called false prophecy. First Kings chapter 22. If you have your Bible, turn with me now to first Kings chapter 22. We'd like to take a closer look at the conversation between King Ahab, the false prophets, the true prophets of God like Micaiah. It's in the Old Testament. We're going to be going backwards and find 1 Kings chapter 22. If you have it, say amen. Well, King Ahab, again, was faced with whether or not he should go into battle. And that was the situation for the, the kings of Israel. Wanting to seek counsel. Wanting to discern whether or not they should put their men, their people at risk. Whether or not the casualties of war would be worthwhile, or whether or not it was going to cost too much. And for good reasons and good intentions, you and I also would like to know the outcome of a situation. Should I leave my job and go to this next opportunity? Right? Should I propose to this young woman that God has brought into my life? Should I make a difficult decision in the marriage that I'm in right now? These are the kinds of hard decisions that you and I are faced with on a daily basis. Should I take a step of faith and buy this house? And a lot, along with lots of other practical things, you and I should be seeking the counsel of God and people who know you, who know you well, and who know Jesus well. Amen? Well, King Ahab wanted to know whether or not he should go into battle. And his relationship with Micaiah the prophet wasn't such a good relationship. Look what it says in chapter 22 of 1 Kings, verse 1. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel, but the third year Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel, Ahab. The king of Israel had said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead, belongs to us, and we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram. So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go down with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. Okay, so pause there for a moment. Here are two kings talking about whether or not to come into an alliance whether or not to go into business together. Come on now. Whether or not to partner in this 
endeavor to go and get that which God had promised. So they're, they're involved with God. But not everything necessarily that involves God requires that we are to go right now and we are to go to that place in a certain way. God desires for us to go at the right time for the right reason, for the right purpose, so that he can direct us and guide us as long as we are trusting in him for the outcome and knowing we are listening from God. Amen? Jehoshaphat, who was a God-fearer. Somebody say Jehoshaphat. Say God-fearer. He was a God-fearer, which means that he was keeping God at the center, much like the kind of people that we want to be around and the kind of people that you want, want to be. A God-fearer and somebody who keeps God at the center of everything that you do. Jehoshaphat says, seek the Lord about it so that you're not taking my word for it. Isn't that the word of godly counsel? Let's continue reading in verse 6. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, 400 men, and asked them, Shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they all answered. All right, I want to pause for a moment. The king sought the prophets that were a part of his round table. They were a part of his elder board. These prophets were a part of the council that he would go to for his answers and his decisions for all the people of Israel. So there was a lot at stake. There was a lot. Depending on the decisions of a king, and sometimes it could be burdensome. Sometimes it could be very, very difficult to carry the massive burdens of life. Or the de making decisions could be very difficult for one person, knowing that a lot of people are depending on that person. How many of us, by a show of hands, have ever felt the weight or the burden of decision making? Your children's lives depend on it. Your livelihood, your future livelihood, your generations depend on the decisions that we make. God does want us to seek the counsel of others. God doesn't just want you to make all the decisions by yourself. God simply wants us to make sure we are seeking him and we are seeking the proper channels and in, for, in the proper ways so that we are not missing the signs of God the revelation of God, the answers of God that will direct us and guide us into what God has for us. Go, they all said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. Oh, man, they even brought the Lord's name into their answer, Pastor T. Sometimes people will use the Lord's name in vain haphazardly. Sometimes people say, God told me, but God didn't tell them nada. God told me that you should marry me. And that sister looking at that brother with a missing front grill said, well, God ain't told me nothing, brother. I'll be waiting for the Lord's answer on that one. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to fast on that one. 
Hallelujah. They said the, for, the Lord will give it into the king's hands. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? Let me pause there for a moment before I, I lose that thought. Look what happens. Look what happens, everyone. Pay attention. If everybody is agreeing with you, maybe it's not necessarily God. Maybe there needs to be people who ask the hard questions. Maybe we have to pay attention to the big picture and the signs that God is showing us. Amen? Amen. So Jehoshaphat pushed the envelope a little further. Look what he says. Isn't there another prophet that we can go to? Somebody who's not just going to say yes and amen at the snap of a finger on a, on a question and on a decision that is that heavy? Should we go into battle? And should we slay our thousands of men who are going to go into battle and expend their, their lives on just a decision that quickly? Hmm. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There is still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord. This is the king. Ahab saying, look what he says. Look in verse 8. But I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. All right, think about that for a moment. Micaiah the prophet was a man of God who would give the answer that he sought the Lord about if God gave him what he should say, oftentimes it wasn't consistent with what King Ahab was looking to hear. Sometimes you and I don't like people in our lives that tell us no. Oh, my children don't like it when Boomy and I tell them no. Oh, I don't like it when my wife tells me no. But those no's are good. Those no's are healthy. Those no's, those no's help build character in the life of a teenager. Hey, young people, you elementary, middle school teenagers, I'm not watching anything bad. I just want to be on my device for 12 hours of the day. Parents know that it may not be bad content, but your brain is turning into oatmeal. So you need to have a limit. But I don't want limits. Well, none of us want limits. But God knows what we need. God knows what is best. And God will direct us and show us if we are patient and if we wait on God. Amen? The king should not say that, Jehoshaphat replied. Verse 9, so the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah, at once. He was reluctant to bring the prophet that often gave him the difficult answer. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on the thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And with all the prophets prophesying before them, now Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, 
had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says. With these you will gore the Arameans until they are destroyed. So on and so forth. Go down to verse 14. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what, is, what the Lord tells me. Look at in verse 13. Look, it says, Look, as one man the other prophets are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. So they were trying to, to give him the uh, direction. Hey, you should say what is right and what the king wants to hear. But let's continue. Verse 15. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go into war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Look what he says. Attack and be victorious, for the Lord will give it into the king's hands. Amen. So, yes, even Micaiah gave the green light to go into war and go into battle. But it required a waiting period. It required a process of seeking a different source, a different kind of person that wasn't just going to give you that answer that you already knew you would receive from that particular group. Amen? Amen. So praise God for the wisdom of Jehoshaphat. Praise God that Ahab, although he didn't want to consult Micaiah, he did go to another man of God. And he got the answer that God wanted to give him. That was a feather in King Ahab's cap or his crown, so to speak, because the people of God were at stake. And I believe the Lord's hand was moving there through the people that were still around King Ahab. Praise the Lord. Point number nine in discerning wise judgment or unwise judgment pay attention to ungodly lifestyle of somebody and be careful about seeking godly advice from those people this is an interesting point and we need to be careful because it stands to reason why we should always be thoughtful and never haphazardly going to just anyone for counsel we need to be wise doesn't mean we need to be too critical or judgment of others we need to be seeking God, but we also need to be using judgment that God has given to us in every situation. Amen? Amen. And finally, a wise counselor is someone who will always point you to Jesus and not to themselves. They will not create a dependency upon themselves, but they'll stress the importance of the word of God, biblical knowledge, godly wisdom, and a deep prayer life. How important is your prayer life to you? And what are you willing to do to seek godly answers for your life? Today I believe God is encouraging and instructing us to be patient. He's given us and teaching us discernment. He's given us biblical wisdom on how to face different situations and circumstances. Hallelujah. My final biblical example comes from 1 Kings chapter 12. After King David had died, King Solomon had died, Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Everybody say Rehoboam. 
Rehoboam, he was born standing on third base, but he thought he hit a triple. He didn't realize that the position that he found himself in was a result of the faithfulness, the trustworthy dedication and commitment to Jesus by the generations that had gone before him. And Rehoboam didn't realize that the same faithfulness, obedience, and trust in God was required of him as he was the new king of Israel. But King Rehoboam became proud and arrogant and cocky, and he started to veer away from God. Are you all with me, church? I pray that, I pray that the word of God ministers, and I pray, if there's anything that I've said that offended anybody, I, I pray that you forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just want to bring us to the word of God, and I'm human too. Amen? And look what happened with King Rehoboam. He wanted to know whether or not he was governing the people well. And he was comparing himself to his fathers. What would my father do in this circumstance? How many of you have ever done that? What would my dad do? My dad would go about it like this. That's awesome, isn't it? I do that all the time. What would my dad, what would Pastor Isaac do right here? And that's a voice that I hear in my head rattling around back and forth like canicas, which means marbles in Spanish. I do that often. It's a good practice. We go to the Lord and we ask God about the godly people that are in our life and the decisions that they have made, the things that they have done, and we also consider the outcomes that, that they experienced as well. Well, Rehoboam was doing the same thing. And he was thinking about his father. So guess what he did? He called the elders and he said, how should I govern the people of Israel? And the elders, the people that were there, Pastor Danny, that helped King Solomon govern Israel and make wise decisions. The people that had gone before Rehoboam and watched him grow up since he was a little wee boy. They said, I think you should lighten up on the taxes. I think you should lighten up on the workload and the way that the people serve. If you do that, the people will be faithful to you. They will serve you, and we will be a successful and mighty people. So Rehoboam thought to himself, and he says, lighten up on the taxes, lighten up on the labor. We have to keep building. We have to keep doing this. We have to keep doing that. And he left the counsel of the elders of the wise. And the Bible says that he went to the younger generation only. And he went to his peers that he grew up with that were new to leadership. Watch this. And when he sought the younger generation, they didn't have the same wisdom that the elderly leaders and elders of, of Israel had. Or to lean on. And guess what all of his peers and his friends that were, that were now grafted into a position of influence and leadership by, by virtue of 
their relationship with Rehoboam, the young king, guess what they said? Increase the taxes. Increase the labor. Don't stop. We need to continue to be a mighty people. And guess what Rehoboam did? Do you think he listened to the elders, or do you think he listened to the newer generation that, that didn't have the experience or godly wisdom? He listened to the youngers. He, he listened to the younger people that did not stop, that did not take the time to go to God. The people, let's just say new believers or young believers that don't know yet about the importance of a prayer life or a life in Scripture or a life that is saturated in the Spirit. And Rehoboam made the first of many catastrophic decisions by ignoring the counsel of the wise. Let's not forget what the Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 119, verses 111. The Lord, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today, people of God, I encourage you toward the word of God. People of God, I urge you into a prayer life. People of God, I impress upon our hearts the importance of waiting on God in the decisions that you and I make in this life. There is no quick and easy answers to great and mighty victories. There are no quick and easy answers to great and mighty victories. I want you to take that to heart. I want you to ask the Lord to teach you, to show us how to wait on Him, how to trust in Him, how to seek godly counsel, how to know the difference between unwise and wise counsel. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Mission Ebenezer Family Church, would you stand to your feet today?